Good morning, Crestview family. Good morning. Uh, we're so glad to have you with us this morning. Uh, I'd like to welcome you and just thank you for coming to worship with us this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. Um, if we have visitors or guests who are here for the first time, uh, we would love to have a record of your attendance so we can get to know you a little better. There are some cards in the pews in front of you. If you would just uh, fill it out and drop one in a box, and that way we can just get some information about you, and that way we can get to know you a little bit. Uh, several announcements coming up over the next few weeks. They're all in your bulletin, but I'm going to go over for me, for me a little bit. Uh, don't forget this week we have Wednesday night Bible study for the youth and the children out in the youth building and the adults over here. Uh, Thursday is our uh, work day at 6 o'clock. Um, if, you, if you can, come out for that. There's a few things we're going to work on around here. Um, our uh, first fellowship of the summer down at the creek is coming up down on May 29th at 6 o'clock. Uh, keep that in mind. That's Memorial Day weekend. Look forward to uh, spending some time uh, outside and just uh, hanging out. Um, graduation recognition is next week so if you are a senior and uh, maybe I haven't talked to you I've reached out to you and haven't heard from you be sure you talk to me before you leave today so I can uh, get all that stuff um, taken care of and I can uh, I can properly recognize you next week um, I don't think I have any more announcements uh, but Miss Joy does. She's going to come up and she's going to share something with you about our ladies' tea coming up. And uh, after that, I just invite you to uh, let's focus our hearts on God and uh, worship Him this morning. Okay, uh, the ladies' tea is coming up next Saturday. And we need you to register if you're interested in coming so we'll know how much food to prepare and the seating. Nancy and Janie will be outside in the vestibule after the service, and you can see them about signing up. Also, it's that time of year for the nominating committee. Uh, we're going to start filling committees and ministries for the coming year, and as you leave today, pick up a copy of these two items. <laughs> There's one on the table out here and one on the table, so no matter what door you go out, you can find them. This year, we'd like for you to read the job descriptions or the ministry descriptions and see where you feel led to serve. If, for example, you teach a class now and you want to stay in that class, check it on this form. Everybody will be called by a member of the nominating committee and talked to and asked if they're willing to serve and carry out the duties that uh, go with it. So uh, we just hope that you'll take these, fill them out, and let us know what you'd love to do. Thank you. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. I am glad to see everybody here this morning, and it is good to be in the house of the Lord. And we are here to worship our Savior. And as we begin that, please join me in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you, asking you to be here with us this morning. 
Dear Lord, we ask that you fill this place with your spirit. That you will move among your people. So that we will hear your word this morning. That we will be able to sing your praises this morning. And for this short hour, please take all the distractions of this life away from us so that we may fully concentrate on you. Because you, Lord, you alone are worthy of all our worship. You are worthy of all our praise. And it is only you that can take our lives and put them back together. You alone, Lord, are the one that is the source of our salvation. And dear Lord, we lay everything at the foot of the cross right now. Dear Lord, speak to us today. Fill us today so that when we leave this place this afternoon, that everyone that we come in contact with will know that we are a child of the King and we have been in the presence of God. Bless this time. Speak through me. Speak through Chad. Speak through the choir this morning as they lead us in worship. And we ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Good morning. Let us turn our hymnals to page 581 as we sing. We have heard the joyful sound, and that sound is Jesus saves. Would you sing? kids to come forward this morning. Me. We'll talk about my teddy bear in a minute. Jackson. Good morning, guys. I'm so glad to have you guys this morning. I see you guys down here. We're going to talk about something this morning. We're going to talk about being afraid. Who in here has ever been afraid of something? 
Well, in a little bit, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity, every one of you an opportunity, to tell me what you're afraid of. But I want to get one person real quick. Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. Who'd give me the funniest answer? No, I'm just kidding. Who'd give me the best answer? Let's see. Jackson, what are you afraid of? So we get afraid of lots of different things throughout life. But we're going to talk today about how we don't have to be afraid of those things. I've got something with me today. I brought this. This is my teddy bear. Y'all believe that I cuddle this teddy bear every night? Good. Preacher already said yes. Well, good. Don't believe me because I did. I found it in the nursery before church So, because I knew there was a teddy bear here. But... Does anybody have a stuffed animal that they, or a blanket, or something that they sleep with, or cut? We have animals on it. Yeah. We have lots of things to give us comfort, right? But today, we're going to learn. All right, you can tell me more about that later, okay? You can tell me more about it when we get to children's church. I would love to hear about Mr. Toad. But, oh, okay, I would love to hear about it when we get outside. But we're going to talk about where we can get our comfort from. And it's not a stuffed animal. I'm going to tell you guys a story today. We're going to talk a little bit today about a time when Jesus' disciples were out on a boat. And they were going across the body of water and a storm come up. You guys ever been in a storm? Who's afraid of storms? Who's ever been on a boat during a storm? Like, I've never been on a boat during a storm, but I've been on a boat. (laughs) All right. Well, I've never been on a boat during a storm. I have been on a boat when there's lots and lots of waves. And I was, I was more sick than scared at the time. But imagine being on a boat in a storm and the waves crashing around you and the sky's black and it's raining. Imagine how scary that might be. Well, you guys are very talkative today. So, all right, so let's, so I'm going to read you this Bible verse. Shh, I'm going to read you this Bible verse. It says, the disciples... Were uh, I said, and suddenly a great tempest arose around the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him up, saying, "Lord, save us, for we are perishing." But he said to them, "Why are you fearful, O you little faith?" Then he arose up and rebuked the winds and the seas. And there was a great calm. There's not much things in this scary in life like being on a boat in a storm. And the disciples were scared. But they forgot one thing. They had Jesus, their Lord and Savior. They had Him asleep in the boat below them. Now I think this is a silly story. This is not a silly story. A funny story. A funny time because if they would have listened... 
they would have known that God wasn't going to let anything happen to Jesus. So they would have been just fine. But they went and woke Jesus up and they said, Why are you sleeping? There's a big storm out here. And Jesus questioned them. He said, Why are you so fearful? Why are you afraid? And why do you have such little faith? And he came out and he commanded the wind and the waves to stop. And they did. And so here's what I want to, te- what I want to tell you guys and I want you guys to think about. If Jesus can control the wind and the waves, don't you think that he's in control of the things that are you're scared of in life? I think so too. And we're going to talk a lot more about that as we go out to children's church. So I'm going to pray and have you guys sit on this second row right here, okay? So let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for each one of these boys and girls and their love for you and their willingness to come up here and talk and just interact. Lord, help us to not be afraid and help us to remember that you're in control all the time. All this we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys. Come around here.
I have a question to ask you guys. When Chad was talking about being scared on a boat in big waves, was I the only one that pictured him curled up in a corner with that teddy bear scared? I know Terry did. I know you had to picture him with that teddy bear curled up in a corner scared on that boat. But, um, and they, those kids were talkative. Teddy and Jackson, they were loving telling all their stories. That was awesome. That was awesome. Well, today, I want to share with you the sermon, Help Wanted. The harvest is great. And I find it interesting that this is the message that God has led me to preach today, considering that you cannot go into any store, any restaurant, or anywhere today without seeing a sign on the door saying hiring or help wanted, all shifts, all positions, everybody's hiring. Well, God's got a job that He needs done too. So if you would turn to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, 
If you don't have your Bible, it's going to be on the screen as well as in your bulletin. But if you would please stand as I read this, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And this is what Matthew writes. And Jesus was going about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Let's pray. Blessed Lord, thank you for what Matthew writes in these words, recording what Jesus said. May we apply it to our lives today. Speak through me today, and it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. So what we have is a multifaceted problem. Multifaceted means there's many sides, many different aspects to this issue. And the issue that Jesus is, is, is looking at right here still applies to our churches today and to our world today. Nothing has changed. The first part of this problem is this, is that people are hurting and need the saving power of Jesus. Same thing was true then, the same thing is true now. Our world is hurting. Our world needs Jesus. Look at what it says here in verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. As Jesus was walking along and going from city to city and He was preaching and He was teaching in the synagogues and He was spending time with the people, He noticed that they were, they were in need. They, he was healing all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of disease, but He was sharing the Gospel with all of them. We have the same situation today. There are all kinds of problems in our world today. And even though we may share the Gospel in our churches, it's the world that needs to hear the Gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the people that are outside of these walls that need to hear that. And then the second aspect of this problem is because of the failure of His people, God's people, to minister to our hurting world and not making disciples, the people are run, wandering aimlessly. Look at verse 36. Seeing the people, He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. This statement is not as much a reflection on the condition of the people that he was seeing, but on the condition of the religious people, the churches. At that time, it wasn't they wasn't churches, but the religious leaders, the ministers, the one that's what were supposed to be taking care of the people. 
in our time, it is a reflection on our churches. Because their failure, our failure, to do what God has called us to do, people are wandering around and just getting blown left and right with whatever teaching or doctrine is being taught at the time. We live in a society today now that it is popular to be woke. It is popular to be a... Um, what's the... How do, how do they, they call it? Uh, progressive Christianity, that's the word. To be a progressive Christian... That changes depending on who you're with. That changes depending on who is, who is teaching. I was talking with a couple of men before the service started and the fact that some preachers and some authors in some of their earlier works, they were sound. But because they have prescribed to this progressive Christianity that their works now and their sermons now are not as much founded on Scripture, but founded on what is popular with society. Their earlier stuff was scripturally sound. But their message has changed because society has changed. Church, I want to tell you something. Jesus says that they were wandering, or Matthew says that he was brokenhearted because they were wandering around like sheep without a shepherd. We are sheep. We need to be led. We need to be guided. We need to be protected. And sheep without a shepherd get none of that. And they are left open to whatever predator wants to come and snatch them up. That's the world we live in now because we have not been doing the job that God has called us to do. And so therefore, those that are outside of these walls, those that, that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're so desperately seeking for something that they're grabbing at whatever is out there. But it's not the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the third problem, the third part of this problem, is too few Christians are willing to work to reap the harvest God has prepared. Matthew 9.37, Jesus says this, Then He said to His disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Let me tell you, we live in a society today, and this, this part of the society has permeated the churches. People don't want to work for anything anymore. Our parents, many of that same generation that are here, worked their entire lives to build something. That same work effort has not been passed on to the next generation.
kids nowadays, as they get to, to be adults, they're not willing to put in the work. They think they deserve to get it right then. They think they should graduate college and become a CEO of a corporation because they deserve it. They're not willing to go in as a, in the mail room and work their way up. Many of them aren't willing to go out and mow the yards to be able to buy their first car because it's being handed to them. And they deserve it. Let me tell you something. We in churches are the same way. We don't want to put the work in to build a ministry. We want to go where, the, the, where, where things are already accomplished and things are already running and we want to reap the benefits of work we have not done. Instead of going and being a worker, we want to, be set, we want to sit back and be fed and receive what somebody has worked to provide. That's our society today. And that society has permeated the churches. Joy announced that, that the nominating committee is beginning work on putting people in different positions in the church to serve and minister to this church. They literally have one of the hardest jobs in the entire church. Because nobody wants to work. And it's not just here, but it's everywhere. Nobody wants to work. Jesus is dealing with that same thing. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. But there is a solution to this problem. The first part of this solution is this is that you have to first, you have to pray. You have to pray. Look at what it says in verse 38. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Couple of things there that we need to pay attention to. First thing, there's not anything that we can do, not us, because it's not our harvest, it's his harvest. It all belongs to him. There is nothing that we do that saves anybody. God does the saving. It was His plan for salvation from the very foundations of the world to have Jesus Christ come and die on the cross. It was His plan, not ours. If you come up here and pray with me to ask Christ to come into your life, it's not me that saves you. When you enter the baptistry pool, you are not being baptized in my name. It's God's name. When we duck you under the water, we say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rise in the newness of life in Jesus Christ. 
We don't do anything. It's not our harvest. So we have to pray to God, asking Him to rise up workers, to rise up those that are willing to do whatever it is that needs to be done. It's God that takes care of that. Then the second thing, after we pray, then we must be ready to work to fulfill the mission of the church, which is making disciples. Here's the thing, a lot of times we pray, God, send somebody to do this. Rise up somebody that will take this position. But we never consider the fact that God may be calling us to do that. Matthew West has a song. And in the song, he says, why don't you do something about these problems? And God's response was, I did. I created you. Church, we have to realize that in many cases, it's not somebody else's responsibility. It's our responsibility. We are the ones that God has called to do what it is that needs to be done. Every single person that claims to accept Jesus Christ as, his, as their Savior, everyone that calls themselves a disciple or follower of Christ has been given a command. Matthew 28, 19-20. The Great Commission. This is the mission of the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is with us. He's gave us a, 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 a mission. Go and make disciples. Well, how are we supposed to do that? He tells us by teaching them to obey everything that He has commanded. And not only does He say that He is going to be with us, how is He going to be with us? Well, and, and this verse is not going to be up there, but in Acts 1.8, He tells us, After this you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what does it say next? You will be My witnesses. You will be My witnesses in Judea or Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He has called us to do these things. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that He enables us to do these things. And here's another thing. God has given each of us spiritual gifts to accomplish the task that He has set before us. He's not called us to do something that He has not gifted us to do. He has given us the ability to do these things. And here is the thing, and this is where it comes home, church. God has called each of you to this church to help the fulfilling 
of the mission of this church. Mel Campos used to always say, and I agree with this 100%, and I'll keep saying it. <clears throat> God has given us everything we need to accomplish what He's called us to do. There is nothing that, we can, that God has called us to do that we cannot accomplish because He has given us everything that we need to accomplish that. What is it that He's given us? Each other. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and we use the gifts that God has given us, we can accomplish anything. Not because of our own power, but because of God. Ephesians 4, 11-13 says this, And He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. See, God has given us each a calling, a spiritual gift. And people may look at the different jobs that are available, the different ministry positions. And, and honestly, I have never been a fan of the word committee or the name committee. My favorite that I, that I dislike more than anything is the committees on committee or the committee on committees. Sorry, Joy, but that's the nominating committee. But honestly, what each position in the church is, is a ministry. Those on the nominating committee, their ministry is, is going through and, and getting the right people in the right positions to do the ministries of the church. And it doesn't matter if it's building or grounds or if it's hospitality, or if it's benevolence, or if it's the deacons, or, or whoever it is, many times people think that that job is not important and it doesn't matter. There's not anything in that, guy, in that position or that, com that committee or ministry that, that directly results in people coming to know Christ. Yes, it does. There is nothing that we do in a side of a church. Every job is important. Every job has impact. And it allows us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it allows us to minister not only to each other, but to our community. Every job is important. God has set a great task before us. Imagine <clears throat> that everywhere, no matter where we are, but everywhere, the harvest is great. God has prepared the harvest for us. 
He's calling each and every one of us to go out and be a worker to gather the harvest. He is calling each and every one of us to serve His church with the gifts that He has given us. Are we content with the status quo? Are we content with being mediocre? Or do we want to be extraordinary? Do we want to be extraordinary in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do we want to be extraordinary in our witnessing and being a a, a witness for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are you content sitting in a pew reaping the benefits of the work that's been done by somebody else? Or are you willing to put in the effort to help build the kingdom of God? The choice is you, is yours. But the invitation is there. Help wanted. Jesus issued that. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out workers to reap His harvest. That is the same invitation that's being given to you today. How will you respond? As Sandra leads us in this song of invitation, this is your opportunity to respond to the call of God. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 559, Rescue the Perishing. Thank you for being here this morning. We do have a short business meeting afterwards. If you are visiting with us, we tell you thank you for being here. And um, you don't need to stay for the the business meeting. You're welcome to if you want to, but you don't need to. I'll be at the back. But I'm going to ask Robbie Mullinax as our deacon of the week if he would come dismiss our service in prayer. And then Jim Humphreys, our chairman of deacons, will, will start the business meeting. Let us pray. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for all the sunshine and all the weather, Lord, and all the rain. Lord, we just ask you to be with us and guide us, and you lead us in the way we need to go, Lord. And we just ask you to be with us as we go from here and go into this business meeting and do your business, Lord. And just be with us always and lead us. In your name we pray. Amen.